I'm excited. I'm really excited this morning. Really excited. Hope everybody had a wonderful week. Been talking about resist. Have y'all enjoyed the series? I love it, man. My phone is. I got two phones, and I got a bunch of messages messages on one. I got a bunch of messages uh, notes on the other, and it's like, but we ain't gonna talk about none of that. But I got a bunch. I heard a story about resistance this week. Sometimes we have to resist the urge to shop, right? So there's a husband and a wife, Brian, and she has a problem. She has the problem, sister. I mean, Melanie got problems too, but the sister had the problem with the shopping. So the man of God is like, babe, listen, please. All right? You know the word. Apply the word. The Bible says resist the devil. You know, you've been spending too much money shopping. We've been talking about it. So, baby, apply the word. When you come up on that dress, when you come up on them shoes. <laughs> apply the word, baby. Apply the scripture. Yes, honey, I already know. All right. So he goes to work. So he gets home. And she says, babe. He's like, oh, no, please, please just tell me the testimony of how you overcame. And she goes, I'm sorry. I really tried hard. I said, he said, all right, well, what happened? Well, you see that dress right there? Oh, God, come on. Tell me it was like 100 bucks. He said, babe, I wish I could. It was $400. He says, 400 bucks for a dress, babe? Come on, you know the word. Resist the devil and he'll flee. She said, well, I just went to try it on and I thought it would be okay and it looked good on me, but I tried. Well, what happened to get behind me, Satan? She said, well, I did that. And what happened? Well, he said it looked better from the back, so I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Lying devil. <laughs> Make that girl get in trouble. Thank you, Pastor Leva and Pastor Lori, for this opportunity. I'm believing for three things this morning for healing, for deliverance, and for victory. You know, I was going to preach last week, and I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Matter of fact, even last month, Pastor, I was thinking about it when I was sitting there. Um, There's a pastor in Louisiana by the name of Pastor Shane Warren. He's a phenomenal speaker. He's an evangelist. He's he's very heavy, prophetic. I mean, like, you'll see him. He's he's been on on, uh, that Sid Roth show. He's been on that. He's been on TV. He's been on all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, he's very prophetic in, like, the future and, you know, America and how God has spoken to him. And so he's like, to me, he's like a heavy hitter. You know, me speaking to him, it's like, I don't know, think about whoever you're, you know, like other, you know, we have our pastor, Levi. So we, we he's an amazing, phenomenal speaker. And when the opportunity comes, when you get to travel, the other folks are going to be blessed, Right. And so, so we have him, you know, and then they have their man of God over there, Pastor Shane. And so, but for him to come over here is a big thing. And so, you know, I've been stepping out and just doing radical stuff. Pastor Driver, like, man, everything is impossible. Everything. Somebody say everything. Everything Everything and anything is impossible with God. So I shot him a a message because I got him on Facebook. And I asked him about coming and speaking over here. And guess what? He responded. Not only did he respond, but then he says, hey, brother, call me. I'm like, what? 
I'm telling y'all, it's like me speaking to, I don't know, I'm, I guess somebody big, uh, Billy Graham, T.D. Jakes. To me, he's, he's a big dude. He's all over TV and everything. So I picked up the phone, and I was at my dining room table, and I'm on the phone having a conversation with Mr. Shane Warren. I said, babe, I'm on the phone We only talked for three minutes or so. Anyhow, he asked me about some dates. And so this weekend, this is my birthday weekend. And so I thought, what a, what a gift. What a blessing he's going to be to the church, but to me. Right? So I said, well, what do you, what do you think about January the 20th? <laughs> Russell, I wanted him to come and preach for my birthday weekend. Anyhow, he's not available on Sundays. And so we might have him out one day, I'm sure. You guys will meet him. But this is the thing that the Lord reminded me of. And so as much of a great speaker as he is, you know, uh, it's still all God. And so I believe that what the Lord has put in my heart is great. And I'm glad because if he would have been here, then, you know, the Lord wouldn't have brought what, I'm, what he's put on my heart. And I'm glad that it's just a series of events that has taken place to get to this where we're at. Uh, it's a couple of my favorite movies. One, number one, my first favorite kind of a movie are those that are based on true events. And then my second is um, um, movies, I don't know what they're called, but they're like, you have a group of people, like maybe there'll be four couples in the movie, in different scenes of the movie, and then somehow, some way, throughout the movie, they're all intertwined. And at the end of the movie, they're all kind of there, you know, they've mixed in together. And that's kind of what's happened with this thing. You know, last week, if I would have preached, it would have been something completely different. And then Pastor called me the day before, I think it was, and said, Hey, man, don't worry about tomorrow. I got it. I said, Okay, cool. Just like that. And so, so then this week, he's changed it all up on me. So the Lord gave me a word for us on Friday morning on my birthday, on the 18th in the morning. Um... Okay, I'm going to wait for a little bit later to release it. But he gave me a word, and I thought it was for one person, but no, he said it's for the church. I said, all right. And so the word, um, so this morning I believe that there's uh, folks in here, you know, we're all saved. But I believe that there's people that are hurting. I believe that there's uh, sicknesses, diseases. I believe that there's addictions. I believe that there's struggles, oppression, depression. I believe that there's things in here, in this, in this room today, uh, people in here that might, we might be walking around carrying some things. And so I believe that today the Lord's going to wants to heal, um, He wants to deliver, and, and He wants to give you the victory over some things, if you're ready to receive it. Amen. Amen. So today, what I plan on do is be real quickly and, and get myself out of the way, so that He can show up and He can do what He's going to do with y'all. I don't want to take His time. All I simply want to do today is lay down and be the the, the bridge that's going to get y'all to Jesus. It's all about Him. Amen. Amen. So let me pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning and for your word. God, I pray that just as you've showed this to me and revealed this to me in the last couple of days, Lord, last few hours, um, that you would just help me, God, to do exactly what you want me to do. Present the information, Father God, and then they'll have to respond, Lord. I pray that you would touch and minister to their hearts. I know that you have already began the process. Speaking, Father God, to our hearts, God. We recognize that you are in this place, Lord. And we thank you for your tangible presence, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, 
pastor has been talking about resistance. And um, I'm going to be reading, um, this is going to kind of be an intro, but the fun stuff is going to happen, and we're going to be reading out of Second Chronicles chapter 20. So right now I'm going to read out of James 4 and 7. Uh, pastor touched on this yesterday, I mean uh, last week, James 4 and 7 is, um, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he'll flee. Y'all remember that? I love what he said. He says, um, he says, you can't get resistance. In order for there to be resistance, there has to be submission. How many agree with that? That's good, huh? In order for there to be resistance, there has to be submission. I've titled this today, Begin to Sing in Praise. The Lord has an ambush for your enemies. Wow, come on. Hallelujah. Alright, let's get to work. James 4 says, What causes lights, fights, and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do what you have. You, it says here, you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Amen. How many have seen that before? I've been a witness of that. God, oh, can you prosper in my business? Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Finances, God, open the windows of heaven. I'm waiting for the financial blessing. But all along, I'm not ready to receive that yet because I might spend it on my own pleasures. So if I could just hang on just a little bit, resist the urge to quit, to give up and be like, you know what, this is a bad idea. I'm going to go back to work somewhere else. I'm not going to do this. If we could just resist the urge to quit, and just know that He is at work preparing our hearts. He's going to give you that, but you just ain't ready to receive it. Moving on, it says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He calls to live in us envies intensely? But He gives us more grace. That is why our scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So then submit yourselves. So it says all this. This is why you fight. This is why you quarrel. You know, you want for yourself. You're greedy. It's all about you. It's, and He goes on and tells you. And then it comes on and He says, So then submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. Sometimes... The devil, or known as Satan, the liar, the accuser, the enemy of your soul, will come to us in various forms. Sometimes it feels like all hell has waged war against us. He might attack us through sickness. He might attack us through some kind of financial crisis. Uh, it might even be the death of a loved one, etc. On and on. In Job 1, the devil attacks Job in different ways. But Job resisted the urge to curse God or even to turn his back on God. Even when his wife was telling him, 
curse to God that, that you know. He's like, no, listen, he gives and gives us a whole lot. But why can't I take the good and not take the bad? I'm not going to curse God. No, I'm not going to do that. It's easy to praise God and it's easy to live. And I say, I'm a Christian and shout it out from the mountaintop when things are going good. But when, like Pastor said, but when you feel the pressure, you don't want to shout no more. You resist him. You, you resist, oh man. So it's kind of like we're resisting him, but we're giving into something, right? Resist that urge. And sometimes the devil masquerades as an angel of light, like 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says. The Bible says that he masquerades as an angel of light. Sometimes he might come and it might sound good and pleasing to you. Yeah. See, a lot of times the enemy ain't going to come and tempt you with, with something that you hate. Because he's scared you, you'd back away from that. I'm the devil. Oh. <laughs> he ain't going to do that. But he'll come in a way, in his little sleazy, lying ways, something that seems pleasing to the eye, pleasing to the ear. Yeah. Oh man, well this could be a promotion. Oh man, she could be the one. He could be the one. Well, this ain't stealing. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to bless me. Because <laughs> I need the money. He knows it. So it's just going to be a blessing, right? There is no resisting without submission. So, according to scripture, in order for us to win, we have to submit. Would you all agree? That's what it says, right? Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. So I want to talk very brief, briefly, not going to spend a lot of time on it, because I want to get on to the good stuff, uh, just about that word submission. Because I started thinking about that word. There's got to be submission so that there, I can resist. Because I want to win, y'all. And everything, if I get tempted, I love every single thing that we've been talking about, you know. I love how Pastor brings it and the analogies and examples, and he's just real about it. And that's what we need. We need to be real because we deal with real situations out here, right? And so, I want to, I want to know how to resist. I want to win. I want to always win. I want to know how to resist so that the enemy can flee. So submission is obviously something I have to do to win. So then I started to look at that. All right, God, it says here, submit myself to God. And then I can win. I'm going to resist. And he's going to flee. All right, so what does submission mean? It says, submission, it says this. It's the action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or the will of authority of another person. So this is what the Lord showed me. Resistance starts with submission. Like Pastor said, watch this. Submission starts with accountability. Accountability will help us. It's there to help. People think, oh man, you just want to be all in my business. No, 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 no. We want you to be successful. Amen. That's why I want to help you. Amen. Accountability will help us to resist. We must be accountable to God and those whom God has put in position of authority over us. Key word, whom God has given us. Examples, my parents. Those are ordained. I mean, I was born to them. My mother and my father, those are the folks of authority in my life. So therefore, I have to submit to them. And by me submitting, I'm accountable to them. Right? My pastors... 
This is where I'm at. This is my home church. They are my spiritual overseers. Right? Pastor Driver. Pastor Joe Driver. They are my spiritual overseers. You know, I, I have to submit to authority. You know? And so, because there's accountability. If Pastor Driver sees me at the corner store, maybe I'm buying something out of the wrong uh, cold beverage section that I shouldn't be. It's okay for him to come and talk to me about that. Hey, bro, what's going on here? <laughs> I just wanted to chill. I wanted to, it's hot outside, so, you know, something for the bones. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about it. It's okay for him to do that. I'm accountable because he knows who I am. He knows where I am. He knows my walk with God. It's all right. If somebody calls me and says, hey, man, can you help me? I'm, 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 I'm broke. You know, I've been struggling. I've been messed up. I backslid, man. And can you help me up, man? Can, can, can you give me some food? Or can you borrow, let me borrow some money? Or I'm trying to get back up, man. But you know the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I can help you. It's in my means, too. The Bible says if it's in my means, too, I ought to. I can't just say, well, God bless you. I'm going to pray for you, brother, and let you be on your way. If it's in my means, too, I can help you. Yeah, we need some food. I'll buy you some food. But you, 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 you're telling me you're in a rut and you want to get out. Let me help you get out of that rut. So then when I start telling him about it, he says, oh, no, no, I'm not trying to hear it. Well, what are you calling me for something? If you're not trying to hear I got the secret. I got the solution. Amen? We have the solution as Christians, and we pour them to Jesus. So we have to be accountable. By me submitting to God, then I submit to those that God has put in my life. The Lord showed me something the other day, which ties into accountability. So I've been I've been uh, working uh, uh, the business. The company is called KB Foundation Repair. All right. So y'all know that y'all have heard me say that before. So I've been driving my truck for a long time, forever, without any signs or advertising on it. All right. So uh, about a week or two ago, I, I got some signs put on my truck. You'll see them out there now. Thank you, Brother Russell, for bull printing. So I put them on and I was excited, y'all. And guess what I told? Alma, guess what I told my wife? I said, babe, as soon as she got in the truck and she took off, the first time I had them signs on, she her and Alex went to the store. I said, hey, babe, listen. And listen, y'all. My, my wife is not a bad driver or nothing like that. We don't have road rage. However, <laughs> however, I've been guilty of it. <laughs> I don't point at people and tell them they're number one or nothing like that. <laughs> but I've been guilty of maybe speeding up a little bit or being a bully in my driving. And I said, babe, listen, we got these trucks on here, man. And we got the signs on this truck. You can't be, you know, I know, Ben. I said, so if somebody wants to just, just go on and wave at them, let them go get on in there. If somebody's honking at you, telling you you're number one, cool. Just let it be. Let it be, babe. Why? Because if I'm representing KB Foundation. So guess what that means? There's accountability there. I'm accountable to KB. Why? Because of those signs that I have on that truck. So thank you, Russell. It's going to keep me out of trouble. <laughs> There's accountability there. Right? We have been stamped and sealed with the Holy Spirit. With the power. We have to be accountable. That's accountability. We can't act a fool when we're not in church or when we're far away from Cleveland or wherever we live at. Some people say, well, what happens out of town stays out of town. No, 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 no. 
you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit's in you wherever you go. Even if you go to Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? No, sir. You got the Holy Ghost in you. You got the power. What happens in Vegas through the power of God in you? You come back and tell us about it and testify how you prayed for that prostitute and she got saved. Come on now. How you prayed for that drug addict and he got saved and healed and delivered on the strip right there. Yeah. How you were tempted to go into the over here and do this, but instead you, whew, the conviction, hallelujah, thank you Jesus for the power that kept me straight. There's accountability, right? So accountability works. I've seen too many people fall astray, wander off, short term or long term, because sometimes people will fall off for just a little bit, sometimes they're, I'm still praying for them, right? But I've seen too many people um, wander off or miss the mark because there was no accountability. There's no accountability, they don't really, they kind of go to church, but they just kind of sit, you know, when they don't talk to anybody, or they go to, a, well, I'm going to go hide in this real big church over here, it's fun, Ooh, I love the praise and worship, and then you see them on Facebook and they're in the clubs. It's like, hey man, what happened? You know, well, yeah, but it's because there's no accountability. They don't know that nobody to hold them accountable. We just wander off and do crazy stuff. Elizabeth and Alex and Bianca, my three kids. I love these kids, but I got to keep them close. I can't let them wander off and do nothing silly. They're great kids. But I think about, listen, y'all think about myself when I was their age. I was wilding out. There was no accountability, you know? My parents worked days, nights, whatever, and so I just ran around and did what the heck I wanted to do. I just did whatever I wanted to do and led me to some dark places in my life, you know, because there was no accountability. So by submitting to God, we resist the devil. But if we resist God, then whom are we submitting to? There's only two things. If we resist God, who are we submitting to? Resist the devil... That means if I resist the God, I'm to submit to God, resist the devil. So if I'm submit to come, submitting to God, then I'm resisting the devil, I'm submitting to him. But if I'm not submitting to God, then who am I submitting to? 1 Corinthians 10.21 says, you can't drink from the cup of the Lord and then drink from the cup of demons too. It's either one or the other. 1 John chapter 3, it says here, now, I'm just trying to build something up. That's why I'm, I'm spending a little time with this. We'll get to the good stuff. First John chapter 3 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that, and that is who we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. We all are now children of God. Amen? Not that we weren't before. BC, we were, we, were, we, were, we were born, we're children of God. I believe that everybody that's born unto we're children of God, but they just don't know it. They are led astray, you know. If in the future the Lord will bless me and my wife with a baby, guess what? He's going to grow up in the ways of the Lord because of who me and my, and, and mom are. You know, I grew up not in the ways of the Lord, you know. I was just far away from the Lord. Not my own fault, you know. Kind of about default. My, my mom and my dad, they, they, weren't, they weren't brought up in the ways of the Lord. And then we all got saved, and so we all kind of came in and became, you know, were made aware of. Hey, man, I'm a child of the Most High God. It says here, dear friends, no, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But 
We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take our sins away. In him there is no sin. No one lives in him. No one that lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen, seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who, do, who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. But he who does what is sinful is of the devil. There's only two, two things. There's only two ways here. You either submit to God or submit to the devil. If you ain't submit to one, you submit to the other. That's it. I wish I could say something different. Well, no, no, no. What do you mean, man? So if I'm not a Christian, if I'm not living for the Lord, if I'm not, yeah, according to Scripture, yeah, that's what it is. There's no in between. But I'm on my way. But why are you in here yet? Why are you still there? Something is keeping you there. Something has lied to you and deceived you and you fell for it. That's what it is. He who does not... Who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. There's only two kinds. One or the other. I'll stop there. Right? So, who or what? No. So, you choose today. Yeah. So, we're either sons and daughters of God or sons and daughters of the devil. I know it sounds harsh, but it is what it is. That's, that's, the, that's the Bible. That's what he's telling us. You submit to one or you submit to the other. I thought, man, that's awesome. God, so, if I submit to you, I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to come under your covering. Lord, I submit to you, God. I'm going to humble myself before you. But if I don't, if I continue to resist him, because if I submit to God, I'm resisting the devil and he's going to flee. But if I don't submit to God, if I resist God, then I'm submitting to somebody. But God doesn't flee. He's never fleeing. He's always going to be there. We keep fleeing from him, it seems like, sometimes. So we will have to make a choice. Choose today who you are going to submit to. Amen? Done with the submission. Praise the Lord. That was the intro. Now let's get on to the good stuff. I'm excited, y'all. I'm so excited about um, about this here. So the Lord gave me a word. I told you guys that, right? Yeah, we're good. The Lord gave me a word on the 18th, Friday morning. He spoke to me. And so... I'm going to give you all the word, and then I'm going to read this, and then the word that he gave me on the on Friday morning, it was just a very simple word, but then through a series of events over the weekend, speaking to different people, just talking, hey, what's going on, brother, how you doing, good, good, hey man, happy birthday, cool, thank you, then we just get into the word, to the Lord, and all of a sudden, this pops up, Second Chronicles 20. And then I start reading, I'm like, whoa, man, God, it's in there. It's in there. It's right here. I, I, I underlined it. So would you, would you get, so, and I'm just going to get to it, y'all. So here's the word. 
Again, I don't know who this is for. It might be one, it might be two. I don't know, but it's for somebody. I know it's for somebody. The Lord says, everything is going to be all right. I am with you. And when I finish with you, you will not recognize yourself. That's it. That's all he gave me. Friday morning. On my birthday, I woke up. I was thinking about somebody. And uh, and, it, and it was uh, it was heavy on my heart. It was hurting my heart. You know? And I was like, man, Lord. Man. And then and then the Lord said, it's, it's okay. I mean, you're going to feel a little sorrow, but it's all right. Everything is going to be all right. I am with you. I am with that person. Not, not with me. He's, I mean, he's with me too, but at that moment. And then, so, then, so then I really not, felt like the Lord wanted me to, it's, a, it's for everybody. So the question is this, who or what has come against you? Who or what is waging war against you in your own personal lives? So I'm going to read a story. And this is going to be the last story here. And then we're going to see what the Lord does. But it's about a guy named Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a king. Jehoshaphat, I, I did. I mean, we, you put the calculator to it. You go back and read a little bit about this guy. Man, he had an army of over a million at one time. People. Under one dude, one king. Pretty strong guy. Pretty solid. Yeah? Anyhow, so this is who he is. And uh, this is the story of Jehoshaphat and him defeating uh, the Moabs and the Amons, I think it is. I'm going to read Second Chronicles, and I'm going to read from chapter, from verse one to twenty-six. It says here in verse one: After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the Munites, came up to war against Jehoshaphat. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, "A vast army is coming against you from Edom." Right. From the other side of the sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar. That is in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah seeking him. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood up. In the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new country yard and said this. This is Jehoshaphat's prayer. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you, in our distress. And you will hear us. And save us. Pause. That sounds like a place that's familiar to me. Right? That sounds like the cross church. Because right here. In our little church here. It's a place. It's a sanctuary. That's been built for his namesake. 
We worship Him. We worship Him. We praise Him. We believe in miracles here. And it says here, in this place, it says, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in Your presence, God, before this temple that bears Your name and will cry out to You in our defense. And You will hear us and save us. Amen. I believe He hears our prayers. And I believe there's signs, wonders, and miracles in this place. We've heard of testimonies and testimonies and testimonies from here, from behind this pulpit. Verse 10. But now here, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possessions you've given us as inheritance. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So he's kind of freaking out, it sounds like. And he doesn't know what to do. And so he's inquiring of the Lord what to do, because these folks are about to come and kill him. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children, and little ones, stood there before the Lord. So listen, real quick. If, if I'm standing here in front of you and I'm telling you, hey guys, I have something I got to tell y'all. I have calamity coming against me. I have this coming against me. I have this coming. All of you, your spouses, your wives, your children, before the Lord are standing here listening to me speak. So guess what y'all are doing? What is Brother Bingham doing? I'm sharing with you the heaviness, the weight of what I feel is coming up against me. And so not only are you guys wondering what Pastor Ben's going to do through this storm in his life, but my wife and my kids are all looking. What is that going to do? Babe, I'm praying for you, babe. Hey, thank you, babe. Keep praying for me. Yeah. But she's probably wanting to. What is he going to do? Man, Lord, just continue to help my husband. What are we going to do? So the thing is this, is when you're going through something, whatever it is, what you resist to, how you react to it, they're watching. Other people around us are watching us. What is he going to do? Pastor Eli, what are you going to do? How is he going to react to this thing? All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Alright, y'all, here it is. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. And he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you today. And this is what the Lord said. He said to them this. Do not be afraid or discouraged. That sounds like what the Lord spoke to me the other day and said, uh, Everything's going to be alright. I'm with you. This is good. The Lord says this. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So, so here it is. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Ben, Valdez, and he came to cross church. And I believe this is what the Lord is speaking to somebody here today. Come on, come on. 
Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, says the Lord, but it's God's. Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeru. You, listen, whoever it is, you will not have to fight the fight. You will not have to fight this battle. Take your position. Just stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem. Here it is again. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face him tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Amen. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground. And guess what all the people did? I told you all these people watching. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Pastor Levi gets up here and he starts talking some stuff coming up against him and then all of a sudden we see the man of God get on his knees and start praying. What are we going to do? We're going to just sit there and oh man, what's going on with that? <laughs> Automatic response. Oh yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Some of them might come, might come and get on our knees next to him. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Do not resist the Lord. Do not resist His presence. Resist the thought in your mind that's telling you, Nah, you don't want to do that. Nah, you don't want to run up to that altar. Nah, you don't want to do what He's saying. Resist that thought, but don't resist Him. The irresistible one. No. Why? Check this out. It says here that Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped him. They followed the leader. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful. In other words, listen to the people that, you, that, are, in, that are in authority over you. Amen. The prophets, he said. Have faith. You've been listening to Pastor talk about resistance all month long. Have faith. I know that it, it, it stinks. I know that you feel, well, man, you don't understand. Listen, man. Have faith. Pay attention to the prophet. Listen. He didn't just all of a sudden decide, oh, I think I'm going to just preach on this. No, I put that word in the spirit. And he's speaking it to you for a reason. Amen. Stand firm. Have faith. Resist. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out ahead of the army, saying, here's a beautiful song, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord said, ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy the, and, and inundate them. They started fighting against each other. The enemy came in there and they started, instead of whooping on Jeho, uh, um, J- 
Jehoshaphat and his his crew, they started, they got confused. I'm going to pause right there. Um, verse 24, true story. I was evangelizing over off a fried road one time and I walked into a jack-in-the-box and I just started ministering to the little lady behind the counter. She started crying. She said, I want to share a testimony with you. I said, okay. She said, about a week ago, three guys came in here to rob us. I said, okay. And she says, um, I stood here and the guys came in that door right there um, and, and, they, and as soon as they walked in, they put their masks on. She goes, I kind of froze at first because I knew what was about to happen. Everything was like slow motion. True story. She was telling me this. Little old short Mexican lady. And then uh, she said, she said when they walked in with their, with their guns, they, they walked in uh, and they, they pulled out the gun and they started saying, you know, freeze or give me your money. Or they started, they held them up. She said that the other people were freaking out, the youngsters, and they're freaking out, don't know what to do. And she said, I didn't know what to do. So you know what I did? I said, what? She said, I just started saying, Jesus! Jesus! Oh, Jesus! And they were like, shut up! Shut up! Give me your money! Shut up! And all she could do, she goes, I didn't know what to pray or what to say. I just started calling on the name of the Lord. I go, and then? She said, one of them jumped over the counter. Shut up! She's got a gun in her head. She's like, Jesus! Señor! Jesus! She said, all of a sudden, they turned around and started arguing with each other. This dude jumped back over the counter, starts pulling the pistol at his buddy. Next thing you know, they got their guns. She goes, and I just sat there and watched it. And they're on the other side of the counter, arguing against each other, pointing the gun at each other. Ooh, and they just took off running. Wow. Praise the Lord. True story. Right. Yeah. Jesus. We submit to him. He'll confuse your enemies. Yeah. But it gets sweeter. It gets better. Verse 24. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies laying all over the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry their plunder. Plunder. I looked up the word plunder. Another illustration says soil. I mean spoil. So they looked up. Uh, so, so it says here that they that they went. Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder or spoil, as they found among the great great as they found among them there was great equipment and clothing and also articles of value. Man, who in the world is going to go to fight with some expensive stuff? These people showed up. To fight, to take over Jehoshaphat's crew and everything. But they had splendor, they had spoil, which represents goods of value taken from other people. It says that there was so much more that, that, they could, that they couldn't take it away. There was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Baraka to this day. Baraka, y'all, in Hebrew means blessed. It's called the, valley, the, the blessed valley, the valley of blessing. So this morning, I'm here to tell somebody that whatever this is, whether an addiction, whether oppression, depression, uh, sickness, disease, I don't care what you want to call it. Oh, the enemy's coming up against me with this or with this or with that. Listen, I'm going through something with my daughter right now. 
You know, it's hard when, when, when I get a phone call or, or, you know, when my daughter comes to me and she tells me that she likes to smoke a little dope, but she's enjoying it. And then it's hard to hear that. I don't even know where she's at. Her mama don't know where she's at. She's out there somewhere. We know she goes to work, but she's staying with somebody. Who's she staying with? I don't know. It's hard for me to resist the urge to go over there. Man, I want to go over there every day I think about this. Every day I want to go over there and follow that little girl home. Find out where she's staying at. But then for what? Do I really want to know where she's staying at? I know myself. I'm, I'm a Christian man. I'm filled with the power. But the flesh is weak sometimes. I don't want to know where she's staying at. I want to, but then I don't. Because then I'm then all I'm going to do is kind of, that's going to kind of empower me almost to be like, okay, I want to take action to my own hand. Listen, she chose to put herself there, not me. So what can I do? The best thing to do is pray. The best thing to do is resist. Oh, I'm going to stay put, Lord. I'm not going to do that. The best thing to do is to submit to the Lord. I'm going to submit myself to you, God. You got that. This war you're in will be a blessing, just like it was for these guys. Because God is with you. But we must submit to God. And we must not resist Him. So, I just need, I need, I. There's going to be a song that I want you to listen to. It says, I raise a hallelujah in the praise of my enemies, in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah, heaven comes to fight for me. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. Defeated. The king is alive. Amen. I raise a hallelujah. They started singing, y'all. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord said, ambushes against the men. That's it. I'm done. I believe that as we begin, that was the sermon, right? That was the begin to sing and praise because the Lord has an ambush for your enemies, your enemy, whatever that means to you. So I'm going to let the song play in a minute and then I want you guys to listen. Listen, all I need is 11 minutes from you to pay attention. Listen to the words. If you want me to pray for you, I'm here. I'm going to pray for you. I'll come in agreement with you. Yeah? We'll pray together. We'll cast some stuff out together. You won't get delivered. Today's the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Listen, do not resist. Pastor shares his testimony all the time, man. It happened. The same setup on this side, for me, it happened. I walked in there, addicted to alcohol, addicted to cocaine, womanizer, twisted in my thoughts, drug dealing. Didn't care about nothing but myself and me, me, me. Give me, give me. My name is Jimmy. I want more money. More, 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 more. And I'm going to do whatever I got to do. I couldn't stop. I couldn't change. I wanted to stop the drinking and I couldn't do it. I wanted to stop the drugs and I couldn't do it. Well, I'm just going to drink without the drugs. Well, I'm going to do drugs without the drinking. I couldn't do it. But then the power of God hit me. And I had an encounter. I had an experience like Pastor Levi said with the Lord. Right around there too, on this side. It's crazy. Every time I hear him, I just laugh because I know what happened with me. And I ain't been the same since. That was March the 5th, 2006 when I had that power hit me. And so if you want that power to hit somebody this morning, 
Like I said, I don't know who this is for, but I know it's for somebody. Amen? I raise a hallelujah. Give me, help me out, Russell, one time. Come on. Hallelujah! Mm. That's like, we are Spartan! Yeah? I love it when he, oh, he roars it. It gets me going, man. It gets me excited. We're going to raise a hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. We're going to raise a hallelujah. We're going to sing praises to our Lord. Go ahead, Alex. Play that song real quick. It's got a little testimony on you here. That's a commercial, buddy. You might want to skip that. This year at a Bethel Music family a few days before Christmas. Most of you guys probably were a part of this miracle. But we watched um, Joel and Jamie Taylor's little son Jackson. It was a few days before Christmas. They were lifted to intensive care. And we began to fight for Jackson's life. How many of you guys joined in that? Fight in that symphony of prayer that rose up for a little boy. 